Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Oh man, I am living in a winter wonderland. We got, uh, I, I'm sitting here looking outside of it, uh, two inches of snow on Oof. on Halloween. <laughs> so it, it was like this huge wave of snow uh, hit like Colorado, Iowa, Minnesota, like the whole, you know, uh, Rust Belt, uh Great Lakes region, Middle East. yeah, like the whole inner frontier yeah. of America is covered in snow on Halloween today, uh, and uh, it didn't melt either. It never got above, never got above mm. freezing, so it's all still here. Uh, it, it snowed for about ten hours straight, very lightly, but it's still you know accumulated everywhere except for actually you know on the ground. Um, and uh, I, I did notice something. You sound a little bit different today. Are you? Uh, you got a little bit of a cold because of the weather. No, no, I'm just on a different uh, microphone, actually. Uh, yeah, no, so I'm on a different mic. So if I sound a little different, that's why. Um, Makes you sound a little bit like you're congested, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I, I got some great news today. I got a call from uh, fraud detection from a bank letting me know that somebody tried to spend about $300 somewhere in Mexico on miscellaneous merchandise. They told me. Uh, so yeah, now my card's frozen again, which has just happened within the last 12 months. It's already fucking happened. So I just got that news right before we came on the show today. So I'm kind of pissed about that. But uh, I mean, aside from that, life's good. What can I say? <laughs> well, you know who life is not good for? Uh, that, that's Jeffrey Epstein. So we should uh, chat about what the news that came out yesterday about Epstein because, uh, you know, like when, when the whole jeffrey epstein quote-unquote suicide went down we were like yeah this is not fucking happening obviously that's not what yeah, happened we just sensed it um yeah i mean it was it was super obvious it was there's so many sketchy details you know his guards uh one of them fell asleep he, what their camera wasn't working it wasn't just one like, just, it just wasn't per- just one yeah no it, it's yeah just preposterous details for somebody we, who is everything we heard was seem like bullshit and the more yeah. time that they had this has been looked at the more it's just like are you fucking insane uh so th- there was a guy who went on fox news today was like the head uh pathologist this this guy's name was uh, Dyker, uh dr michael baden 85 years old he was the uh the guy that we heard about had been charged with like an autopsy for uh jfk martin luther king and we all kind of thought oh shit this guy is like an expert at like assassination attempts so conspiracy assassination yeah we kind of joked like that's a bad thing but he actually went on on the news to say like uh no this is totally a homicide and here's why so just to give you some background uh this guy was the uh head of the new york medical examiner's office uh he's personally conducted more than twenty thousand autopsies in his career um so over like the last five decades, uh, he was a member of the New York State Commission that reviews uh, deaths in state prisons. So he knows what like a, a death in a prison looks like. Uh, and yeah. he knows very well how uh, crime scenes in a prison are very easily tampered and very easily staged. Right. So uh, I was just going to go through some of the quotes and some of the details here. And we kind of just jump in if there's anything you want to remark on. So. Uh, he, he was on Fox News and he had a uh, quote, uh, there's always concern uh, that if the only person report or if the only reporting you're getting is from those involved in the case uh, of the inmate, that it's going to be biased, end quote. Right. So uh, in this case, Baden uh, said he saw a photograph of Epstein's cell after the body was removed, only after it was removed. 
Uh, it showed a ligature fashioned from an orange bed sheet on the floor of the cell. This is what he hung himself with, allegedly. Uh, Baden said he was told, but uh, shown no written report that a corrections officer found Epstein's body uh, on his knees with the orange ligature around his neck uh, tied uh, to the top of the bunk of his cell. So there's, there's, you, wouldn't you think the first thing you would do if you found a body and you're the guard, allegedly, would be to, to photograph the, the scene? Yeah, or not touch it until somebody could come in and examine it. Right. And, yeah. Uh, so he, uh, it, um, let's see here. So he pointed out that the authorities have only the word of the people in the jail as to what happened. And his impression is that the officers were not forthcoming. Quote, uh, he was stone cold dead when they found him. End quote. Uh, quote, he had been dead for three hours. Rigor mortis had set in and it was apparent he was dead Yet they called the EMS and didn't photograph how the body was found, end quote. So they didn't, they, you know, they, EMS is going to move them immediately. They don't, yeah, they don't treat it as a crime scene. Right. They treat it as, uh, you know, we got to move this guy. Maybe he's alive. Right. Maybe we can so, revive him. Yeah. And this was two guards. Two guards fell asleep for three hours. I mean, you know, yeah, I've nodded off at happens. work for like a moment or two. And just been like, <laughs> oh, shit, I fell asleep for a second there. But two guards fell asleep for three hours. And where's their supervisor to come check on them? I've never worked anywhere where I had a supervisor that didn't at least walk by where I was stationed for, you know, more than an hour or two, unless they were in a meeting. Uh, I mean, that's just, you know, I get it. It's at night in a prison, but there's still a supervisor somewhere. Yeah, yeah it's preposterous, of course. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Mark Epstein, Epstein's only sibling and his next of kin uh, has been frustrated. that He's not been able to obtain the EMS report or the hospital report. Baden said, um, so let's see here. This is, uh, okay. This is again, a quote from, uh, Dr. Baden. Uh, I'd like additional information. Whose DNA is on that ligature? Was the FBI able to get any information from the jail cells video, uh, or hall video? Did they find it shows him hanging himself or did some unauthorized person go into the cell from the hallway? Did the FBI interview any of the inmates? Did they interview any of the guards that were allegedly asleep? So these are all good questions that you would, uh, think, you know, that would be public information at some point. Uh, I, I presume investigations ongoing, but <laughs> like, how does how does the head uh, head of the New York Autopsy Commission not have this information? How does this person not have access to it, even if it's not public yet? Right. Uh, so uh, following the autopsy, it was revealed that the two prison officers who were assigned to monitor Epstein at 30 minute intervals fell asleep. And at least some of the security cameras in the wing were not operating. Very convenient. Uh, yeah, just, 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 just insane. Um, most, most high level, uh, suspect in, in 25 years. And it's like, nope, no cameras and the guards are asleep. No one else is checking on them. So, uh, it's, it, he said, um, also that in hanging deaths, uh, most occur as a result of, uh, compression or, um, obstruction to the carotid arteries of the neck, which would restrict blood flow to the brain causing death. The fact that Epstein suffered three separate bone fractures in his neck suggests extreme force was used. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> there's no it, like I can understand if, if you know, like old timey Western hanging where you drop from a platform and it fucking like rips your spinal column, then you might have some some bone fractures. There's no fucking way that he had three bone fractures from, you know, just like leaning over off his bed and, and, and having a slip knot tighten on his neck to cut off blood flow. There's no fucking way. It, the, 
it seems like a nearly impossible way to hang yourself also because like your natural instinct is just going to be to stand up. Like I well, can't imagine what it's okay. So the, with the noose, it's like that the, the more pressure you put on it, the tighter it gets. Right. Yeah. But you yeah. can still like you in your body weight is enough to do that on its own. If you're in a position where it cuts off your, you know, it's not, it might not even be painful. It might just be just enough that you just pass out and eventually you, you die from lack of oxygen to the brain. But there's no way that you have enough, you, you can like fling your body on its own hard enough to break three bones in your neck. You just can't. I mean, if you, you, you jumped off a, off your house with a rope on your neck, maybe, but this guy has done sure, 20,000 yeah. autopsies and says that's not possible. So who are you going to believe, <laughs> right? Well, you know, an unrelated news. I'm, I'm very sorry to learn of the unfortunate passing of Michael Baden three days from now uh, in an apparent suicide. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, um, oh, he's 85. No, who I, knew? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, he's 85. You know, things happen. You know, you, sometimes you you walk in front of uh, a black SUV. You know, who who can say when your time comes? But yeah, so you know, I mean. This it, it's so weird because it, it, it seemed like such a, a glaring conspicuous thing how quickly that story disappeared after he, yeah. you know, hung himself. Is, it was just like, okay, well, that's the, it. I guess we're done. Media, like, this is the stuff they love the most. It's got politics. Uh-huh. It's got sex. It's got, you know, uh, you know, huge cover up to uncover. Like what the only thing it doesn't have to, to it that is the, the perfect trifecta is sports. <laughs> You know, so maybe maybe OJ will get in, get involved and figure out who the re-killer yeah. is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just just insane how the media has kind of been like, oh, we're not going to we're not really interested in this one. Like, are people in the media really like are, are we going to get uh, Clinton also if we cover this story? <laughs> <sighs> Christ. Yeah. So, I mean. I guess we'll see what happens with that. I doubt that's going to go anywhere. They're just, you know, I, I've already seen articles being like, oh, well, you know, Michael Baden's like a celebrity pathologist and blah, 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 and all this shit. And it's like, yeah, but did you actually listen to the report that he gave? Like, just because he is somebody who goes on television does not make him uh, a not credible. Right. So, you know, well, that, that's why I always, I always want to do the work and like read what they actually fucking said. Right, because if you just base everything like, well, I don't know what he said, but I'm just going to judge his entire uh, 50 year career based on, you know, the fact he was on Fox News. Well, so it's fucking Bernie was on Fox News. Like, come on, (laughs) use your brain, actually dig in, read what he said and judge for yourself based on, uh, you know, the information. Like when when there was the the article about um, Epstein's bodyguard. And it's this huge, long interview, but you get to these points where he's like afraid to answer the questions. Oh, that was so funny. You know, and, and yeah. you remember that episode when I, I read a bunch of that guy's quotes and it's like, this guy, he's, you know, fear for fearing for his life. And he's like a big, tough <laughs> fucking bodyguard. Like, that's how bad it is, you know? So, yeah, that's uh, it, again, like read the article, see what it actually says. Um, if you have any doubt about something. Um, yeah, for sure. Totally, totally unrelated. Um, I want to kind of touch on it. Just a couple other short stories before we got to some some longer things. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, uh, you know this this uh, this uh, uh, comedian. He's on Adult Swim and uh, Comedy Central, and he was on what the fucking Broad City. This guy's name is uh, Hannibal Buress. 
right? And oh, fuck. There's, oh, there's God. The, Are we going to talk about the Hannibal Burris as a fucking landlord story? <laughs> yeah, just real briefly. Because, you know, there's, oh, there's yeah, that no, he's, meme. He's, he really took the mask right? off. There's that meme of him being shot. And then somebody, and the, guy, the, the person who shoots him turns to the camera and says, why would so-and-so do that? And, and it's been used a million times for, like, people that do something and then claim someone else did it. Like, oh, the CIA, why would Venezuela overthrow? Like, it's just, it's been used a million yeah, yeah, times. Yeah. Uh, and last week or, or uh, you know, over the weekend, the last couple of days, Bernie tweeted out, uh, you know, that we need national rent control. And this motherfucker apparently is a slumlord. Uh, he owns properties in Chicago and maybe some other places. And he just replied to Bernie's tweet wrong, wrong. Right. And yeah. people asked him to clarify. And he's like, I, you know, I'm a landlord. So why would I want rent control? Uh, and I, I dug a little bit further into it. And he, he's been talking about this for a while now. Uh, he admitted that he evicted an entire building of people. He claims he asked them to leave, right? Like who who just leaves if they're asked to by their landlord? Yeah. That's not a thing, right? So he, he evicted them, right? Which is illegal. Yeah. The only in, in, the only people that can evict you is a court. And, and except for two states, Oregon, I think Texas, uh, any other state, only a judge can evict you. Right. There has to be a hearing for that. There has to be a process for that. Your, your landlord cannot evict you on on their own. And he did it, he said, because he wanted to make all the units in the apartment Airbnb units. That's illegal. That's completely illegal. You can't have a year round Airbnb unit. That is completely forbidden. And he just straight up admitted it. So uh, fuck that guy. Fuck Hannibal Buress. Yeah, he's a fucking prick. He's an absolute fucking prick. It, it, it was kind of amazing because I always found him to be like a moderately funny, you know, stand up. He seemed affable. Yeah. Um, he seemed like a chill dude. Like, and it's just super weird that like, and apparently he's like a huge like Yang Gang dude, like that people dug up. Like that's, which is why he's like very, you know, he, and, and by the way, w- once people started like shitting on him on Twitter, he started like DMing people to yell at them about, about like calling him a landlord and saying shit like like he got real fuck it like he's really like just bizarre i don't know like what the fuck his deal is but yeah I, oh, oh, it's just so it fucking gets, lame gets, like how how he, yeah go he ahead. apparently set up a, a non-profit for like landlords are us or some bullshit like some some like <laughs> you know donate to landlords. yeah i saw it was some like illinois landlord like uh, association or some shit yeah and and it on his website it's just like boilerplate you go to the website and it's like some some fantasy future building that they want to build with of course your money that you won't be able to live in and it's just it's like a, there's a rendering and it's just called the building and it, the description is hilarious a state-of-the-art building that provides spaces with amenities to allow members to train, develop, and master their own minds. Those two words are in italics. The center is, a, uh, is taking a collaborative approach to assist with making sure that there is an opportunity for community members to learn and grow beyond the limits they currently have set for or against themselves. What the fuck did any of that mean? <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, if this whole comedy thing doesn't work out for him now that everyone hates him, he does have a career on Broadway playing Benny and Rent. Like that, <laughs> that could that could, Jesus, be his, that could be his pivot. It's just, it's like so. You know, I get it. If you're rich, like you want to stay rich, so you invest in in things. Like I, I was at a, a a restaurant at one time, and I look over and like, oh, there's Anthony Kiedis, and he's there because he's looking thinking about buying the building the restaurant's in, and there he, there he was, with all his fucking tattoos, he looks just like himself. Uh, he's just <laughs> like five foot four and hopped into his giant Hummer. 
Uh, so I get it. You know, you invest in things, but just this is just this is sad. This is pathetic. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll never look at that guy the same way again. Fuck him. Yeah, yeah, depressing. But what are you gonna do? Um, well, you know, we we, we mentioned Bernie, so let's get into uh, the Bernie news of the week because. Couple things happened uh, earlier today. Um, I believe it may, may have even been yesterday, but it's hard to keep track. But uh, so Joe Manchin uh, was on Fox News, of course, and um, the host asked him about Bernie because Bernie was asked a couple days ago. You know, hey, when you're president, you know, people like Joe Manchin are still going to be in the Senate. Like, how are you going to get Joe Manchin, who's extremely conservative, to support? Uh, your agenda and your, your legislative agenda and, and et cetera. And Bernie's like, well, you know, he, he's gonna, he's gonna support my legislative agenda. Cause I'm going to go to West Virginia. I'm going to go to the working people of West Virginia. And I'm going to say, look, you know, this is what I'm offering you. This is what uh, will help us, you know, better ourselves as a society. Uh, and and with, with the very unsubtle implication of like, Hey, I'm going to go say like, I'm going to go there and say these things. And then I'm going to be like, and, you know, the person standing in the way of that is your senator, Joe Manchin. You know, do something about it. Like, go, you know, call him, email him, go to his office. Like, you know, vote him out, obviously, next time. But in the meantime, pressure him so that he understands that he's not going to have a job anymore if he doesn't go along with these policies. And that's, of course, you know, uh, not a radical idea, but the idea of using the bully pulpit is so frowned upon in D.C. that, like... You know, near attendance, fucking head must have exploded when she heard that. So, um, but regardless, so Manchin was on uh, Fox News uh, this week, uh, yeah, earlier today, I believe. And this is the exchange that he had. Uh, the Bernie sure. Sanders thing. Um, would you support his agenda? Uh, absolutely not. And Bernie and I have had many conversations. I think that Bernie brings a lot to the table. It makes you think a little bit, kind of uh, gets, to, gets the blood going and stirring and everything, but it's not practical where I come from. Uh, Bernie keeps saying Medicare for all. I says, Bernie, we can't even pay for Medicare for some. I says, right now the trust fund's going to go broken by 2026, and these are people who have paid into it and earned it. Now you want to expand it. What happens? So it doesn't make sense at all. What if you were your nominee for president and it's him versus Donald Trump? Who do you vote for? <laughs> well, it wouldn't be Bernie. All right, so it would be the president, unless you leave it blank. It wouldn't be Bernie. Would it be Donald Trump? <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's just say I, I'm going to make decisions based on what's best for my country and my okay. state. All right. Unfucking real. That's that's real Democrat, Joe Manchin. Real Democrat. Yeah, yeah. I love that he. Elizabeth Warren made a spirited defense of on TYT last year. I I love that uh, he calls it a a trust fund. Yeah, what a fucking prick! That like, you imagine being that much of a right wing prick that you call Medicare and social social security a fucking trust fund? Like, right. Well, it's, it's, it's just like how capitalists always, when they describe what they don't like about socialism, they inadvertently describe capitalism to a T. Oh, so uh-huh. socialism yeah. is when uh, you know you're taking someone else's money. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's like no, you're describing the, you're the economic structures under capitalism, where we work. Literally for, describing you know. a system in which you people are getting rich off someone else's labor as opposed to socialism, where people uh, generally keep the, the majority of the, their own value of their labor, <laughs> right? Their own labor. Fucking, yeah. There was there was people defending uh, Hannibal Buress on Twitter, uh, and we were we were just 
know, people were shitting all over him and he had a couple of landlord buddies that were sticking up for him. He's like, Oh, so you hate, you hate everyone that has more money than you. Cute, cool story, bro. And it's like, no, I don't hate people that have more money than me. If you earn that money, that's fine. Landlords don't earn money. They steal other people's money. They don't earn anything. Right. And if, if any work is done to maintain the building, it's done by someone they hire maintenance person. And I pay yeah. for that. I'm the one paying for that. Right. It's a blanket fee. I don't pay extra here and there, but I know I'm paying vastly more than the actual value of, <laughs> of an apartment. Right. Anything, any, you know, you know, consumer price index goes up about you know, one, one and a half percent every year. That's a normal inflation rate, right? Uh, you look at any major city, you're talking 10 to 14% annual uh, increase, right? So that is pure speculation. That is pure, uh, I mean, essentially a, 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 a collaborative monopoly amongst landlords where they all, they call each other and figure out what the average is and go, oh, I'll just boost it uh, 5% above the average. Well, if everyone does that, think how fast the rent goes up. And that's speculation. That's pure speculation. It doesn't cost more money to operate a, a building that's at two uh, percent vacancy than it does at ten percent. If anything, it should cost less to operate a building yeah. at a, at a, at a, a high, you know a small vacancy rate. So you know this idea that oh, there's only three percent vacancy. That means there's a housing shortage. We got to build more luxury condos, uh, and then you know thirty, forty years, then they'll be affordable once they deteriorate. You know, it's just it's insane the arguments that that it, people that are intelligent actually make as to why uh, you know as to why we, well, they're we even lying to themselves. It, they they, you, they have to lie to themselves yeah. to to justify uh, fucking people out of their money and and you know uh, having all these empty houses while people are living on the fucking streets. Like that's the only way you can justify it to yourself is with these fucking uh, you know preposterous you know economic fantasies that they come up with like the whole yeah like you said the whole concept of market price housing is a fucking scam i mean yeah you know it, it's just preposterous well but. if they have to call one kind of housing affordable housing and everything else market housing then that literally <laughs> they are saying that market housing is unaffordable housing yeah and i've, I've yeah. been to, to like uh you know little confabs where people are throwing ideas around like well, what's the solution to you know the the housing crisis and i'm like you know first of all there's not a housing crisis there's an affordability crisis uh and the crisis is the market so abolish market housing and they're just like clutching their pearls like what you abolish market housing how could you and it's like uh it's called communism <laughs> So, you know, and then of course you're like, oh, you take away all the value of the market. Then, you know, it's like, yeah, what if, what if, what if we had no market or at least not a speculative market, right? You're like, what, what if we did what Bernie did, which was to, uh, found the, the largest, uh, community land trust in North America, which to this day has permanent rent control. And it's, it's not paid for by public funds. It's a nonprofit that manages 3000 units of affordable housing, that are permanently uh, tied to, you know, to uh, the, the CPI, Consumer uh, Price Index. So they mm -hmm. they literally like you, you, they can't raise the rent any more than the, the just natural inflation rate. Yeah, which could just be, you know, extrapolated everywhere else to varying degrees, but nobody else. Yeah, it's it just, it, it, it seems like such a preposterous thing that, that 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 you know market price housing even exists but people can't even fathom the concept of of like community land trust like on a mass scale like it's just not something that people ever even think 
is a possibility. So it's a really, I don't know what it's going to take for, for that, you know, the ball to move on that. I mean, hopefully Bernie can, uh, you know, do a lot once he gets in there to, to kind of move uh, a public sentiment on that. I mean, he's, he does have a very good uh, housing bill and I think, you know, it, it, it does take steps towards things of that nature. Well, it, but. It's getting back to Joe Manchin, it's the same thing with, with Medicare for all. Joe Manchin's trying to say, oh, well, that works on a small level, but not on a national level. Doesn't work for my state or my country. Like, why doesn't it work? Why? Why is it doesn't work for my fucking poor state no. where you know every, nobody it, has any it's money? The same and... thing. Like the, the, the more it, it scales up, the people that want to say, "Oh, it works for little Switzerland, but not for you know three hundred thousand million Americans." Like, no, it actually would work a lot better. <laughs> Medicare for all. AOC was on uh, fucking uh, Frito's show Cuomo, uh, and so you know it, it, you think that it costs that much for Medicare for all? It costs vastly less than the system we have now, where you've got forty million, you know, thirty million Americans uninsured. Who then avoid, uh, you know, preventative care, and then have a huge medical cost once they do have, you know, something that's that's very serious that could have been treated earlier. That costs more money than going to get regular checkups and discovering something early on, or just being healthier in the first place, right? So, so it's a lie. It's a fucking lie. When people say, "Oh, you yeah. can't, little little you know Burlington, Vermont can do their community land trust," you can't do that, you know, nationwide. Why the fuck not? Why do you, I mean, the only difference is, is how much money is being extracted. That's the only fucking difference. It's not like we have to tear down a bunch of buildings and build new buildings to have, you know, non-market housing. You just fucking get rid of the profit. That's all. Well, so first of all, punk bitches from the right call him Fredo. His name's Chris Cuomo. He's an anchor on CNN. Um, second yeah, I, of all. I said his name too. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm repeating him from the fucking video. Oh. Uh. What are you fucking Italian? That's like a fucking insult. That's like the N word. They call me the N word. <laughs> yeah, um, like literally, nobody's ever thought that. No, let alone yeah, set up a Yeah, but um, you know. So speaking of Bernie, we, there's um, I have another audio clip. It's actually from uh, Bernie's trip to uh, Rashida Talib's district. Uh, I think she has Detroit. Like, a good chunk of Detroit is her district, thirteenth district. Um, and he was there this week and he did a rally with her where she endorsed him and she had a great speech. You know, they did a, uh, a tour of the city. So it wasn't just a rally and an endorsement, like unlike every other politician that gets an endorsement, he actually goes into the community and, you know, talks with people in the community who are being the most impacted by capitalism and by, you know, economic strife. And, and, uh, he went with her to a, a food pantry. He went um to a school he went like around to a lot of places so this is actually kind of a little compilation that the the bernie video team put together i think the audio is really good though so let's uh let's listen to that and we'll chat about it you being here matters (laughs) hey 13 district strong guess what Senator Sanders is in the district. We're on our way to incredible neighborhood of You only got half of my head in there. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, want to welcome him to 13 District Strong. Well, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with this great congresswoman. We're taking a look at what's going on in the district and what we are learning that instead of giving tax breaks and subsidies to billionaires, maybe we want to invest in housing and education and clean water for the community, not only here in Detroit, but all over this country. We're going to change, Rashida and I 
are going to change national priorities and create a government that works for everybody, not just billionaire campaign contributors. So this is the Brightmore Connection Food Pantry. We see 1,700 families in here annually. We have a water station where those gentlemen are standing. That's because there's no water left. Because I, I explain that not everybody in America understands that I'm in our country, thank you. there are places where people do not have clean water. Last I heard, this is the United States of America. Right? Am I yes. right about that? Yes, sir. And yet you got thousands of families mm -hmm. that have no water have in no their homes. Now, how do you live without you water? You tell me. You explain it to me. So you can't. This is incredibly powerful to have you right here where I grew up, where all of us are fighting on the front lines. You know, I always tell people, you want to see what doing nothing about climate justice, you want to see what doing nothing about education, you want to see what doing nothing on poverty looks like, come to here. This is the front line of communities that can show you what doing nothing looks like. I'm at the third ports congressional district. These kids are my heroes. <laughs> How old are you? 17. Okay. 16. 16? 19. 19. All right. How do you feel about the quality of the education you're getting? In some classes, we don't have books. In the classes where we do have books, they're falling apart. And what about the quality of your teachers? Um, my teachers are the best. They work as hard as they can. But how, how can you work that hard in the classroom when you have to balance two or three jobs and also try to support your own family? So it's, it's hard on them. And it's just... It's They're working two or three jobs? Yes. So my teachers tell us, like, I got to go. I have to go to my second job. Jesus I have to go Christ. pick up my own kids. So, yeah, my teachers deserve better. They sure do, and you deserve better. Never forget, not for one moment, that you are living in the wealthiest country in the history of the world. And what our job is, and Rashida knows this, is that we are gonna take on the greed and corruption of a corporate elite who care only about the bottom line and making billions more, turning their backs on the people of this country and the people of this community. That's what this struggle is about. All right. We deserve Bernie Sanders. Vote in the system. Yeah. So it's getting a little um, clubby there at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I really thought that was a great video. I, I just really love the really kind of uh, unscripted, you know, not non-speech elements of that, especially where he was talking to the kids. Like he, he like it, it was just a really nice, genuine moment when the kid was telling him about how his teacher has to like run out at the end of the day to go to the second job. He's just like, Jesus Christ. Like he just can't believe like and that's like an authentic moment that you're not going to get from any of the other candidates because they just can't be uh, like a real person around around you know a constituent or, or just around a like just around another real person that's I, I think the biggest difference between him and warren is that i never get the sense that warren is like a real person when she's talking to people like whenever you see like an off-the-cuff video it, it's just it's just such a you know i i, I it, that to me is like the starkest difference between oh yeah when you see yeah it even when she's you know? around other adults it's just it's like you you sense that she's not as bad as hillary clinton but it's still like the the, the video of her frolicking at a gay pride with the the rainbow boa you know oh, even God, that just so feels so cr like creepy and like fake uh i, I love the the means tv version of that where they they like 
cut out the background and put in all the scenes of all the fucking wars that she's, you know, <laughs> voted oh, for the funding did. for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a little bit about uh, Rashida Tlaib's district. Um, the, the 13th Michigan includes uh, the neighborhood of Delray, Detroit, which is the most polluted zip code in the state of Michigan, uh, at home to Zuga Island which is this island uh, in the Detroit River, um, completely covered in piles of pet coke. Uh, and it has like a, a, like a, a lead refinery on it. Um, com- surrounded by fucking razor wire with signs that ha- are like from the DHS that say, you know, filming at this location will result in arrest. Like that's how polluted it is. They don't want you to even come there. Wow. Um, apparently it has some kind of low, like subsonic thrumming noise that can be heard across the river in Windsor that has caused people to like, you know, become ill. Right. And, and nobody will, will t- say what the noise is coming from, but they know it's coming from this. Uh, it, it's also about a mile away. There's a shell oil refinery, which is like regularly catches on fire and just constantly spewing the vapors of refining oil. As when you refine oil, what do you do? You boil it. Right. So it, it reduces down you, you know, separates and everything. It's just the process of refining oil is just as, as polluting as, as burning the oil. Right. When you actually put it in your car. Um, and then just a few miles away, of course, there's uh, Dearborn, Michigan, which is home to the, the highest concentration of uh, Arab Americans. Um, so just like amazing people, uh, you know, obviously her constituency, Bernie's constituency, Dearborn voted, I think, 80 uh, percent margin in favor of Bernie Sanders. So you've got all these Muslims voting for the Jew. <laughs> right. Because uh, he actually cares about them. Right. Yeah. Uh, so just, just, like very unique district of, of mix of like pollution and also like very progressive minded uh, Muslim Americans. Yeah. And, you know, I just I, I think they actually. Uh play off of each other really well. I, I actually think she would be like a great choice for him as a running mate. And she's actually unlike AOC. She's actually eligible. Cause I believe she's over at the age of that. She's over 35. She so. is. She's, I think she's 42, yeah. 42, I believe. Wow. Yeah. No, she's great. She's great. But no, probably the right hates her more than maybe anyone in the squad besides uh, Ilhan. But, you know. but see, that's the good thing is that like, if he picks somebody that that the establishment would be more terrified of than him, uh, he won't get assassinated. <laughs> so, like, if he put if he put if he takes like Warren as his running mate, like he's get he's having a heart attack the first like month in office. Like, you know, there's no no shot. But if he picks somebody like 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 a right. fucking Palestinian woman, like woman, there's no way. <sighs> no, they're gonna be they, <laughs> they're gonna be like reelect Bernie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it's which, terrible thinking that, that that those terms. No, I know, but, but it's unfortunately true. <laughs> Sadly, it's something we have to worry about. But I, I just think that would be an amazing ticket. She's such a great, you know, com- like compassionate and and uh, forceful, passionate speaker that I think she would be a great uh, counterpart to him on the campaign trail. Um, yeah. And it would just be an amazing. Uh, it would just be an amazing image to have a Jew and a Palestinian on the same ticket together, you know, running for the pre- running for the presidency of the United States. Like if we're ever oh, going to yeah. get something done oh, the, the, to the, get rid of the fucking settlements, like fucking that's the time. Democrat wine moms would just literally their, their oh, God, brains it. would split in half. Yeah, no, Jennifer Rubin's head would spin off of her shoulders and like fly off into orbit. It would be amazing. But Is she um, a Democrat? I don't even know. No, she's a conservative, but she's a conservative who seems to think that uh, she should give Democrats advice on who they should run and how they should, you know, 
basically she's like, look, guys, you're like 80% of the way there to the right where I would join your party. Just like a little bit further, a little bit further, guys. Don't, don't, come on. Don't, don't spring back. I know you're trying to spring back, but don't let it happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. So fuck, fuck her. But um, yeah, no, so I, I thought that was great. Uh, another amazing endorsement. You know, obviously he did the rally with Ilhan uh, recently also. And, you know, I, his campaign is I, probably at its strongest point this entire primary cycle. Like I, I, this entire since he entered the race. I mean, he, you know, Biden is fading into oblivion. Warren's cooling off after her initial kind of like press bump that they that she got. And, you know, Bernie uh, is. Sorry, I had to bang on the floor because the neighbors are being fucking loud. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like the fucking police like calling you, knocking on your door. No, um, they, they got this fucking subwoofer down there where I, I guarantee they can't hear. I've heard it on. It I've heard it once when we were like recording. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like they don't understand. They're fucking young and they don't know any better. But it's like they don't understand how low frequencies you can't hear when you're that close to the speaker. But once you're on the other side of the wall that that uh-huh. speaker's on it's 10 times louder right yeah. so anyway but that's why you put a wall. subwoofer up against like a piece of wood because it reverberates through the wood and it, it gives right. it like more of a right. yeah so that's the same concept except well, roof, one of these days if i get drunk enough i'll go down there with a crowbar and just start banging on the door and be like do you know how fucking loud you're being motherfucker um not today though old man yells at cloud dot kiff no. <laughs> um, yeah but uh so the um yeah, so I, you know, he it, he was uh, getting super close to Biden now in national polling, you know, which is obviously heavily skewed towards Biden. Uh, so obviously that means he's probably leading Biden nationally. Uh, he's leading in New Hampshire now for the first time in a while in in this set of polls. Uh, he's leading in Nevada. He's extremely close in Iowa. Um, he's doing very well in California. I mean. It, it, if if it continues on this trajectory, he's going to sweep the first couple weeks of voting like that. Would, just imagine the incredible statement that's going to send if he can win the majority of the early voting states and then win the majority of Super Tuesday states like Kamala Harris is going to fucking drop out. Uh, almost all the bottom tier people will have to drop out. I mean, Biden will cling to life, but I don't see Biden winning any of those early states and his team already th- uh, is preparing for not winning any of the early states, oh, which is an they're, amazing, they're, I mean, winning, not admission. winning the, the initial states is his whole game plan. Now it's, it's his, he's playing 4d chess. You just don't even see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, it's, it's, it's laughable. Um, there was one poll I saw. It was a national poll that said that Biden was at uh, 30% and Bernie was at 12%. Uh, I don't remember where Liz Warren was. And then it was like, oh, how many people did you poll over the age 55? 60% of the poll. How many people under yeah. 35? Oh, 16%. <laughs> Just that's, what like, to, that's what people have to realize, too, is even when they when the methodology uh, where it's like, well, we, we called landlines and cell phones and we, you know, and, and spoke to people. These polls, number one, only include likely voters, which means that people, <coughs> excuse me, which means people that vote uh, often, that vote in like primaries, that vote in uh, midterm elections. Bernie's biggest strength is with unlikely voters, people that don't vote because they're fed up with the system so that he ends up turning people like that out, you know, unlike uh, most of these politicians, but also the people that pick up their cell phones 
And the people that pick up their landlines, first of all, you know, I would say the vast, vast majority of people under the age of 50 don't have a landline anymore. You know, I happen to have one because we need it for uh, my fiance's work. But like other than that, I, I would say the vast majority of millennials do not have a landline in their home. I, I don't Number know two. any millennial. Well, sorry yeah, yeah. to cut you off. I think no, 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 I'm no, trying no. to read in your mind here. But it, it, like, I don't know any millennial that answers their phone. Cell, cell phone, phone either. No, exactly. <laughs> I never answer my cell phone unless it's like, yeah. you know, like, like uh, my like my mother calling because she has a quite like you know like no but yeah we don't we don't like talking on the cell on our cell phone. So if we see a number that we don't recognize, sure. the chances that we're going to answer that are like super fucking low. If you so, texted out a link to people saying, "Hey, take this quick political survey. Let us know who you plan to vote for." Oh man. I, everybody would fucking do that if it was just yeah. who do you plan to vote for pick one and you sent that out via text to cell phones they there's no way they'd ever do that because the, they'd get fucking landslide results for bernie but uh, yeah you know, which is why every twitter poll no matter whose page it's on always gets you know landslide in bernie's favor because it, it, it's just preposterous the the, the notion of using right landlines for polling but um, so if they have a you know if they have the, the the means to call you then they have the means to text you a, a survey as well right and and uh-huh. you'd get a much bigger sampling size anyway but of course they don't want to do that yeah no of course um so yeah I, I i you know i feel good about where we are obviously the polls are not uh as good of an indication as as just just other metrics like Bernie's grassroots donors, his fundraising, his cash on hand. He's got thirty two million on hand. Joe Biden has, I believe, uh about eight million or, or ten or fifteen million, but he spent more last quarter than he took in. So like it's it his campaign's fucking is bleeding out right now. Um I actually have two quick clips from Biden. Um because Biden because people are actually asking Biden because all of a sudden you know, his campaign is on life support and they announced that they're going to start accepting super PAC money, which they claimed that they were against. Uh, Biden even uh, fucking farcically claimed that he gave Bernie and Warren the idea to not use super PACs because, you know, how can people trust you if you take money from corporations in unlimited amounts? He said that in an interview last year, uh, just recently announced, well, you know, I, I, I we, we can't go, you know, d- the typical Democrat, uh, corrupt bullshit line of, oh, we can't go into a into a gunfight with a spoon or whatever stupid Tom Perezism they come up with um, to justify being insanely corrupt and taking unlimited corporate contributions. Um, so he just announced that he was going to do that. So everyone is like, hey, uh, how can we trust you to, to do the right thing here if you're doing this shit? So I have two clips of him from recent fundraisers where people just, you know, with this first one's from a Sunrise Movement kid who said, uh, you know, like how you went up to him and confronted him about it. And this was how he responded. Look at my record, child. Look at my record. Yeah. 
So it, it's a little hard to hear because there's music playing in the Your background. Love's just look- taking me higher. <laughs> Is that what I was playing? Of. I couldn't even yeah. make it out. Yeah, you didn't hear the um, horns. But no, I'm got my shitty headphones. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so yeah, that's how he talks to a uh, Statue of Liberty walking down the street in Ghostbusters too. <laughs> no, good. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, that's a great song. Great song. Uh, absolutely. Uh, but um. What was I going to say? Yeah. So, uh, but that's, yeah. So that's how he talks to a grown adult woman uh, who, who questions him about, about, you know, being corrupt and taking money from fossil fuel companies. Look at my record child. Um, and if you did look at his record, I'm sure, you know, it, 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 it's just so preposterous. He keeps saying these things that have no basis in reality. Like, Oh, well, you know, look at my grassroots support or look at my record or look at, I look at how I voted. I mean, he, his votes are, exactly the fucking problem with him like his votes are completely indefensible like he doesn't, time and time he doesn't again, remember his own record 70. it was when he was going to the you know the fundraiser by the oil tycoon and he's like mm-hmm. well i was told he's not one he's like well the used to be up until like uh 10 minutes ago oh yeah. well that means he's not anymore then he's you know it's just like he doesn't, he doesn't nobody tells him anything right he doesn't know yeah. what his own record is his fucking mind is going yeah. So, and this is actually another clip which I didn't even listen to yet, but somebody just posted it, and I guess this happened again when somebody was asking him about his super PAC support. So, I guess let's let's hear how this went. You're a pain in the neck, but go ahead. <laughs> you you scream saying, a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, you keep saying that your opinion has not changed on super PAC. Oh, screaming! Super PAC set up to support you. Will you be discouraging your supporters from donating to no. the super PAC? No. I look. What's happened is. Donald Trump has come forward and is getting special interest money to go out and tell lies about me that you're reporting, you are reporting regularly, that everybody else knows are simply not true. Now, if in fact, I believe if that was happening to any other candidate, there'd be Democrats who are responding the same way the Democrats are responding to take on Trump because of what's happening. It's not about me. I, they have a right to do this. I have done nothing nothing to cooperate with them but i tell you what when i am president if i'm president of the united states we are going to end this process we're going to move toward a constitutional amendment to limit the amount of money that can be spent and public funding of elections and so but this is i have no control over this none this is not like a super PAC that i was part of that i set up i haven't done that period you just of that decision or the super PAC being launched, he says that it shows that you don't have the grassroots support that some of the other candidates say. What's your reaction to his criticism? Watch. Yes, absolutely. Vice President, thanks, guys. That's all. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Watch, like, yeah, watch. Yeah, we've been watching, Joe. That's. Yeah, that's the problem. Why the question's but... being asked? Yeah, <laughs> uh. he's such a fucking pompous prick. It's unbelievable. I mean, to, to, to be to call a reporter a pain in the neck and tell him he screams a lot because he was asking him questions about uh, accepting super PAC money is just uh, you know, like if Trump did that, like you imagine the fucking way people would respond. Like you know, it's just. It doesn't uh, Joe Biden just seem like like the uh, a, aging 
mind is going version of like the, the kid in in you know the, the the stereotypical kid in grade school that was just constantly like my dad can beat up your dad it's like okay bring it yeah. on well he's busy well, he's, yes super petulant <laughs> like that's that it just comes across as super fucking petulant i've got a totally hot girlfriend but she goes to a different <laughs> school what what town uh, this strengthens canada you wouldn't even know yeah <laughs> Um, it's just so laughable and pathetic and hollow. I mean, it, it, I don't know in his own brain, maybe like the, 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 the rusty gears that are grinding along are like, Oh, we're doing great. But it's like, just, you just got to imagine like, does he walk away from that going like nailed it? Like, or does he like just go in a room and be like, I can't do this thing. Like, I, I'm just so curious how he actually thinks he's doing right now you know i don't know it's it's like mr burns or something i swear um i i don't know what they're doing to prop him up at the end of the day uh or or at the beginning of the day i should say but uh it's you know it's pathetic sorry it just is it's elder abuse it's sad well speaking of pathetic we uh, briefly should talk about his uh former uh running mate and former president barack obama because he uh came out of his hiding of, uh, you know, riding on jet skis with billionaires to scold the left for having standards. So this was a clip from a recent speech that Obama gave, uh, which I'm sure he was paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for. Uh, And uh, yeah, I'll play that and then we'll chat about it. You know, this, this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff. You should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb, or then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself. Because man, you see how woke I was. I called you out. <laughs> Let me get on TV, <laughs> watch my show, watch Gronish. <laughs> um, you know, that's not that's not activism. That that's not bringing about change. So, uh, uh, yeah. So you know, obviously that was from Obama's appearance on the Dave Rubin podcast, apparently. Um, yeah. But- <laughs> But no, I mean, the world is the world is messy. Uh, I had to bomb some wedding parties, and did your their body parts, blood all over. It was a mess. We killed some folks, you know. We we blew up some weddings, and uh, you know, we 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 ruined some uh, some people's uh, lives. And, and you, you gotta, know. you know, as opposed to Joe Biden, who's like nailed it. Barack Obama clearly has some issues with his legacy. Oh, this is like therapy. He's very insecure therapy. about where he's like, he has to like tell us that we shouldn't hold people accountable, namely him. Yeah, yeah. No, th- this is this is literally his like public therapy, where he's just like constantly trying to justify the incredibly heinous things he does. And I think it has something to do with the fact that you have people like Bernie Sanders out there saying like, Hey, we're not going to do this. We're not going to deport, you know, millions of, of fucking children. We're not going to put them in cages. We're not going to drone bomb innocent civilians. We're not going to kill, you know, 90% innocent people uh, with, with our fucking drone strikes. We're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to prosecute whistleblowers under the espionage act. Something that Obama set the record for fucking doing. So, he, he when he hears this out of candidates and and all these other candidates have to kind of 
at least pay deference to the fact that Bernie's bringing these issues up. Um, he, he can't attack Bernie directly because then people would, it would further expose his record on this. So he has to tie, tie it into like acting like anyone who questions political decisions is like a woke scold. Like he ties it in with like misgendering someone, which is again, also not something you should be. Yeah. I noticed when he said, Oh, if you like, like what, <laughs> when he was like, Oh, if I get someone's verb wrong. Like that's not it's not a fucking verb. It's not what anyone's criticizing you for, you fucking oh, prick. Nobody <laughs> cares about that. It's fucking literally like you knew exactly what he was trying to say, but he was like, Oh, I'll just change the the thing. Yeah, yeah, you, it was remember, trying to remember when yeah. Barack Obama uh said, Hey, uh I, I've increased, you know, America's increased uh, uh domestic oil output by eighty eight percent. That was me. I did that. So he like literally the, the world. Is I think on he fire. actually literally said, "How about a thank you?" Or something How about a like thank that. You. Yeah, yeah. Obama, who also refused to re-sign the Kyoto Accord, the Kyoto Climate Accord, after after Bush took us out of it, uh, Obama didn't re-sign it. Uh, yep. So this idea that oh, the Paris Climate Paris Climate Accord doesn't do shit. We we anyone who listens to the show knows uh, it it. You know, it's it doesn't cap emissions. It doesn't reduce emissions. It's only the agreed upon rate at which carbon emissions will continue to increase beyond where yeah. they already are. Yeah. So, you know, when I'm, people are like, oh, Trump took us out of the Paris Climate Accord. It's like they didn't actually do anything for one. <laughs> right. Uh, and then you got Obama, who's basically saying, uh, fuck climate change. Everyone cheer for me because I doubled our fucking domestic oil output. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable the lack of self awareness uh, that he has. It, it, it's, it's. I, I think he's aware. Stunning. He just knows how to fucking sell a really shitty used car and make people think they bought a Ferrari. I mean, that, yeah. that's his gift is marketing. Uh, he, he's literally Barack Obama has won marketing awards just for his speeches. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> no, but that that I, I yes, they like. Well, I mean, I'm sure it like serves whoever the committee of the marketing award whatever like it serves them more than it does him but still it's sure. like come on <laughs> it's yeah just it, it's insane it's laughable yeah. so, um you know i, I just I, but i love that he's clearly forever. having that internal conflict where he's constantly going out and trying to like you know tell people to be you know not bring up his record <laughs> come on man <laughs> he's just doing the biden but like not using biden's fucking yeah. catchphrases come on man just you know <laughs> Give me a break. Oh, God. I got kids to feed. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Um, All right. Well, so real um, quick, I wanted to uh, oh, yeah, do a smaller to topic. No, no, no. I wanted to uh, mention um, uh, this uh, Democratic congre- congresswoman from California, Katie Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, who yeah. just started her term because, you know, normally, it, like, you, you hear about some political scandal involving – uh, someone's personal sex life and you find out like they did something really shitty. Right. And this is, this is like, she's, she's resigning basically because her soon to be ex-husband uh, had a, basically a bullshit story and hundreds of nude photos. And he was shopping them around to different right wing uh, quote unquote news agencies looking for uh, one that would publish every all, you know, his, his bullshit and uh, his, you know, these revenge porn photos that she had uh, shared with him that he's now uh, getting published to destroy her career. And it worked. Uh, and in fact, he leaked them directly to her Republican political opponent. 
Um, and originally it was said that she had this affair with a male campaign staffer, which she denied. And then people said, oh, she lied about that because she did have an affair. Well, she had a consensual relationship with another person who was actually a woman. Right. And people, they uh, fucking the Democrats opened up a congressional ethics investigation because you're not supposed to be allowed to date someone you're working with or work, who works for you. Now, I agree if somebody is taking advantage of someone because they have a higher rank, that's probably not consensual. But it's to me, <laughs> and I think a lot of people entirely unethical to tell two consenting adults who work together, they can't have a relationship regardless yeah. of who works or who, who are, you know, it's like, it's fucking DC. Who else are you supposed to date? There's nobody else in the whole fucking, you know, there's no one else there. Yeah. No, right? no, no, you, know, you know, you're busy. And the, the fact that they leaked uh, this fucking ex-husband, he's going to get sued. He's going to get fucking sued. Into oh, a- I hope he fucking gets sued into oblivion. He's uh, definitely losing all, all, there's no way she doesn't take him to the cleaners in the divorce, by the way, after this, which oh, is, you know, silver yeah. lining and from on her end. She may not be like the most progressive Democrat. I don't think she was one of the justice Dems, but like her whole issue yeah, was, yeah. was affordable housing, right? So mm-hmm. like she worked for some big affordable housing nonprofit. So I'll get, you know, whatever. It's good. Affordable housing is better. I mean, she seemed pretty and, fucking rad from from the details of, of the story yeah. that we. Yeah, um, I, I haven't had a ton of time to look into it, but. Again, I don't mean her policy. I just mean as a as a human. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's like, and then of course Fox News was like, oh, like because basically you know it was reported that she was part of a thruple, which is like a, a, a oh god, three people Did you see that? and a couple. <laughs> yeah, I saw the, the video. compilation video of Fox okay, News saying so thruple. I, I could tell you, as somebody who who's been in the polyamorous community for decades now, there's no such fucking word. It's called a triad, not a thruple. Everybody, yes, there's no such fucking thing as a thruple. Like you're trying to clear phlegm out of your throat. Like it's a horrible Uh, Tucker Carlson saying the word. Oh, I want to throw up. Uh, So yeah, ethical non-monogamy is a a totally normal thing. It's just that you've got apparently everyone from Tucker Carlson to Nancy Pelosi uh, are just like, yeah, I don't approve the young people. So here's a headline. Nancy Pelosi said Katie Hill's resignation after details of her sex life were published without her consent shows that young people need to be more careful. So right there, victim blaming. Uh, The speaker said, quote, uh, Pelosi, I do say to my own children and grandchildren, especially young children, you know, some of these... I don't know what you want to call them. Appearances on social media can come back to haunt you if you take them out of context. What the fuck? These things she put on social media, these were things that she shared with her husband who then fucking sold them to a right-wing newspaper. With her fucking literal domestic partner. This was literally between the two of them. And this fucking prick went and did uh, something illegal. It's actually illegal in California to share revenge. It's really illegal. Yeah, there was some, some guy who like founded one of the first revenge porn websites, just got sentenced to 18 years in prison. So, good that that happened. Yeah, very good that that happened. That guy begged um, for, his, for his life at sentencing. I saw the footage of his crying. Uh, so, yeah, for Pelosi to not only. She had a second her, quote, by the way. Uh, did you see this did, one? Did you? Yeah, I think you could pull that up. Yeah, so uh, she also <laughs> said, uh, I think she actually said this. So, this is according to two Democratic sources. Uh, This is what she said in a private meeting with Katie Hill there. Uh, It goes to show you, we should say to young candidates and to kids in kindergarten, really, be careful when transmitting photos. I mean, she's such a fucking 
boomer piece of shit. It's unbelievable. Oh yeah, and she, she, no she said her, um, her resignation society. due to errors in judgment uh, made her continued service untenable. Really? Oh yeah, Pelosi said that. Yeah, it, it, you know, Katie Hill got resigned because she's being bullied to, to death online, and I, you know, yeah, I wish she didn't resign, but I can't blame her because absolutely they're, they're trying to ruin her fucking life. Nobody, like, you know? and then people were like, "Oh well, this is the you know the same thing as Al Franken, and neither one should have resigned." It's like, no, Al Franken was no. accused of doing things that weren't consensual. Nobody yes. has accused Katie like Hill of doing times. anything. <laughs> Nobody has accused her of anything. None of the people that she was involved with ever accused her of anything whatsoever. So consensual adult relationship. The only person that couldn't handle it apparently was her soon to be ex-husband who may be going to jail because of what he fucking did to her. So fuck that guy and fuck anyone that thinks that she did something unethical. Yeah, no, absolutely. Disgusting. But um, yeah, Pelosi's going to Pelosi. <laughs> God. So... Uh, real quick, though, before we get out of here, you wanted to mention briefly the uh, situation in Chile oh. and the situation in Lebanon. Uh, yeah. So there, um, you know, there's a ton of uprisings going on. Uh, there's Hong Kong. There's uh, just all over the place. There's been uprisings in Iraq, actually. Or, and it's amazing to see how, you know, geographically, it doesn't really matter where it is, how we're all kind of connected now, where you've had, you know, since 2011, You've had protesters in, in Hong Kong uh, using like the laser pointers to, to make it so, you know, shine them in the light of police so the police can't target <laughs> with their tear gas canisters very much. Uh, now you've got like in, in uh, Tripoli, Lebanon, you've got like massive raves going on in the middle of protests, like from, the awesome. you know, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, in, in, so in Lebanon, it's, it's kind of more of a governmental thing where their government is very sectarian. Uh, and their media is very sectarian where each, you know, different uh, religion or offshoot of religion has their own media channel and it's all just completely biased for their own person. And they've, their, uh, their debt is like something like 150% of GDP right now. Uh, so of course the solution is to have more austerity and to balance the budget. They want to, you know, increase taxes on things for poor people. Right. So of yeah. course people in Lebanon are pissed. Lebanon is like, it, probably like the most pro Europe. Like if you look at Lebanon, you'll see like the most European looking country in the whole middle East. Like it's like they're it. Yeah. Very pro Western. Um, not that that's, you know, pro Western is necessarily good, but uh, it, it's just, it's amazing. But they're not, they're not. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had a, you know, I think Lebanon and Chile both like had rallies cool. where something like a one seventh of the entire population turned out like rallies wow. of a million people, in a country of 7 million people. Like that's, that's fucking incredible. Um, that's incredible. In uh, Chile, it's a little bit different, not so much for the government, mm -hmm. but it's definitely more about austerity. They were going to impose uh, a huge hike on the uh, subway fare, which is, is, you know, you'd think that's not such a big deal. Well, if you live in like a real city that has real transit and most people take transit, that's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Uh, so it has turned into a national movement. Um, the prime minister, of oh wait no i have that wrong prime minister of uh, lebanon actually just stepped down but people are are basically saying we don't want that uh we want a, a totally reformation government in uh chile they basically said you know we we want free education we want totally free college and they were like oh here's some pell grants <laughs> and they literally, literally said <laughs> here's the kamala the kamala answer <laughs> yeah here's the amy klobuchar answer uh they just literally said here here's here's a scholarship and they're like, no, we want everyone to have that scholarship equally. And they're like, what? That's not fair. Everyone gets to go to college for free. So, yeah, I mean, in Chile, of course, you know, is, is where um, 
right-wing dictator Pinochet was installed by the CIA. Uh, and even though, you know, he was uh, convicted on, on war crimes and was yanked out of there, the, the, the system of neoliberal capitalism that's been put in place hasn't changed at all since Pinochet, right? So the people there yeah. are really getting fucking sick of it. Uh, so just, yeah, amazing to see all these, these uprisings and, you know, it's a shame that doesn't happen here, but again, you know, we don't have a big, we don't have cities with giant city centers where you can have a, a giant rally of a million people, you know, unless it's in a place where it's also blocking traffic. And then of course, if you block traffic, police have all the reason in the world to come in and start shooting people. Right. So it, it, it's really, you know, we've talked about this on the show before, but it's a shame that we, we don't have historic public plazas where you could have that many people show up to shut down a city effectively. Um, yeah. And austerity is a common denominator among uh, nearly every country in the world right now, which is, you know, just a direct byproduct of capitalism, just creating an artificial shortage uh, when there doesn't need to be one. I mean, money as is currently constituted is just a fictional fucking concept, it's just paper that we give value to uh, because we say it has value. And, this whole idea that people need to literally fucking die in the streets because, you know, a couple of people at the top need to make, you know, another extra billion dollars is uh, so detestable uh, to thinking people that, you know, I, I really think we're, we're, we're on the precipice of like a global left revolution. You know, we're seeing all over the fucking world. I mean, AMLO in Mexico, you know, it looks like Corbin, my fucking finally take over in december you know fingers crossed god damn it. corbin needs to be the blooming fucking prime minister i swear <laughs> to god it's like it gets so close every time like just fucking just do it just take over well, yeah you know who sta- who fucking keeps blocking him from ge- becoming prime minister is the fucking liberals in, in in britain like they keep fucking you know they're the assistants to the fucking tories and they make sure that corbin doesn't make it but I, I really think he's got a shot this time. And, yeah. uh, you know, between that and Bernie, I, I, once you have like a good chunk of like the world superpowers with leftist governments, we're going to see a real fucking revolution. I hope so. But, you know, it, it's it's inspiring. But we got to remember that it's not just about those leaders. It's about solidarity with the working class. Uh, today, Chicago Teachers Union uh, just won their strike. Uh, they got Almost yeah, all the concessions they wanted. Uh, I was reading through a bunch of them. So many of them were like just small details, especially about special ed. Uh, just little things that you think, you know, what? why is that so important? But, you th- you know, really like things like, uh, you know, if a, if, a, if a regular teacher has to take uh, extended time off, <laughs> that uh, the substitute teacher for a special ed class has to be the same teacher every day, Right. That, oh, wow. that, it, that it's not just like a different sub every other day that that other because, yeah, teacher is on because when it's the, yeah. the, you know special needs kids can't adapt as easily to a substitute right and you just you know constantly throw them in a new sub every day for a whole week like that could be way more disruptive to uh you know a student with special needs than a regular you know well because when boot. subs are in there for a day that it's not like they can't doing it and it's not Nothing their fault done. but like you Nothing can't do anything with subs there, because yeah. you can't establish it you can't be like hey do this homework because you're not going to be there the next day to fucking you know it, like it collect it like it's just yeah. you know when you actually have a teacher that can well, be there consist as a replacement to that to the teacher that needs to be on leave they can actually operate as a functional teacher like as an interim teacher not as a you know babysitter like that's i mean so that's really 
that's a great, you know, concession. That amazing. They yeah. And it wasn't just the strike that uh, they, the teachers were, were <clears throat> downtown Chicago every day, marching and shutting down streets. Uh, they even tried to shut down like the, like the lakefront drive is like the main highway along the waterfront where it's just like yeah. nonstop traffic. And they, police had to stop them from doing it because they were just straight up going <laughs> to try to shut down the busiest highway. That's, oh, uh, that's actually like not restricted access, but uh, yeah, no, they're, they're a bunch of fucking commies in that union. Um, they were, they were also striking with uh, SEIU local 73, which is like all the janitors and lunch ladies and, you know, for the school district, uh, they'd already won their, their uh, concessions to their contract, but were refusing to go back to work until CTU got their, got their contract as well. So again, like fucking solidarity for, uh, for all those workers. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's amazing. Uh, and, uh, Chance the Rapper, by the way, was on SNL this week and he's from Chicago and he actually wore a CTU shirt, you know, oh, shows oh, he did, he did. And did you see and, it? He was wearing yeah. <laughs> a white socks, white socks hat. And then when the white socks fucking official Twitter account posted it, they cropped out his fucking, yeah, CTU. fucking scabs. Yeah, they, so, yeah, they cropped it like right above the logo of the of the CTU. Fucking it's like, scabs! No wonder everyone scabs hates on the, the White Sox, Sox media team. I know, Ugh, horrible. Yeah, Garbage. I mean, do you do you know if they're? I, I don't know much about like stadium workers. Are they unionized at all? I doubt it. I would highly. It's all I know, seasonal I, like, work anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is, it's not year round. So the players are unionized, and that they have a very good union actually. But mm. um. Yeah, I doubt that the stadium workers or any kind of like. So how, do, how does that people. work? Even if you, the umpires, you, umpires are unionized, I believe. But yeah. So how do how do players in sports get? How do they negotiate contracts collectively if they're all like different skill level and get, and get different, paid different yeah. amounts? Ooh, they they negotiate league minimums. They negotiate like terms of contracts mm. and like terms of like you can't release me because I got injured. Like we can, you know, gotcha. <laughs> like. It, Basically, they they negotiate for guaranteed contracts. So, like, that's you know, league minimum in the MLB sure. uh, is like uh, I don't even know, like probably like three hundred thousand a year or something like that. Um, and most players aren't superstars that get paid millions and millions and millions a year. No, the vast majority are. Oh, I'm sorry. So, uh, league minimum is uh, five hundred and fifty-five thousand a season, which is you know great. But uh, nearly forty percent of of players in the MLB are in fi- that that league minimum. So the vast majority of people are not making you know the the, the crazy fucking right. you know. And this is something I learned from reading uh, Dave Zirin, a so- socialist sports writer, that you know in the professional level, like you might get a, a you know a lot of money, half a million, couple million a year, but you are not. It's not like you do that for. 20 30 40 years right no you you like maybe you're, you're, have like a 10 year run if you're lucky yeah I, football might be half that if you're lucky and then you walk out of there with so many concussions that you've taken 20 years off your lifespan so yeah uh you know all, all the all the fans are like oh they pay him too much it's like what are you why are you there then <laughs> like are yeah. they are you not entertained the average nfl i just googled this because i was thinking about it. the average nfl career lasts 3.3 years and by and uh Seventy-eight percent of players go broke within three years of retirement. Yeah, and that's why you got to set up a file for gym. bankruptcy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even that, like, oh, they spend lab. You know, the typical right-wing bullshit argument. It's just like, no, it costs a lot of fucking money to, you know, to 
travel to maintain a house like in in another city if you get traded on a whim or like it's just yeah it's just, it's actually very similar to like you know freshman congress people like AOC talked about that how like you know people are like oh well you guys make 150,000 a year whatever it is and she's like yeah but i got to maintain a an apartment in my district which is you know extremely expensive to get have a decent secure uh, you know secure building in in queens and uh, to, main, to maintain an apartment in D.C., which is one of the uh, highest rent uh, areas in the entire country. It's like it, it, half the fucking salary goes to rent alone. So, you know, it, 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 when you look at it at scale like this, I, 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 it annoys me when people complain about like how much like, like sports that like people get paid because, yeah, in an ideal world, everyone would be getting paid like either a lot of money or the same amount of money, like across every um, occupation. But, but Anthony, that's communism. The, I know, right? Uh, but but you have to think about the fact that whether these people make five hundred fifty thousand a year or whether they make fifty thousand a year, the fucking NFL owners are still taking billions of dollars in every year. So fuck those. And that's pricks. just Let in them... subsidies from taxpayers to build yeah, new yeah. stadiums. That's... Like that's, yeah. you want to no, talk I mean, austerity. Purely uh. in terms of like ticket prices and advertising, they're taking in billions every year. So fuck them. Let them give it back to people who come from low income communities who would never see that amount of money in their lifetimes otherwise, rather than just hoarding it to themselves, you know, yeah. and keeping it. So. Yeah, uh, well, but we, anyway. we talked about that, and we talked about that earlier this episode. But too the the idea that you know there are there are certain it's not just the wealth itself; it's how you know was was that yeah. wealth is it ethically voluntarily you know, going to want to go see a movie and paying a you know ten dollars for a ticket and then like three cents of that goes to the actor, you know, like or, yeah. or is it somebody who owns Amazon and is the richest person in, uh, on earth because they work their factory workers like slaves? Right. Yeah. Like it's not like, you know, if you exactly. if you're if you're fucking Brad Pitt and everyone wants to go see Brad Pitt, like you're you got money from your own labor. Like, yeah, you're rich, but you did it from your own labor. You yeah. had a very specialized form of labor that everybody wanted to uh, pay you to go see. Right. And, and that's still only a fraction of the wealth that the studio takes from that. So, again, you know, Hannibal Burris made a lot of his money, you know, doing stand up, having people come <laughs> pay to go see him. And then he decided to not funnel anymore. that money into fucking yeah. slums where he was taking money from other people for not providing them services. So yeah. he went the other way. <laughs> no, I, I don't care how nice your year round illegal Airbnb is. You are still a fucking slumlord if you evicted yeah, yeah, yeah. people to then you know f- uh, flip their unit into a, a, a year round Airbnb unit. It's funny though that a guy like Hannibal Burris, who's a landlord, likes Andrew Yang so much and wants to see everyone get an extra thousand a month. It's almost like that extra thousand a month would immediately be rolled into people's fucking oh, rents God. and then disappear immediately. So exactly. you know. It, that's obviously what's going to happen if, if we gave you know the UBI out with that kind of a uh, no yeah to, in any event but um, yeah, there's there's a Facebook group called uh, what is it um, uh, Andrew Yang's Yang Land Slumlord Meme Repository or some sh- long ass shit like that <laughs> and it's literally just like it, it's a mix of people that that are just doing nothing but 
laughing at Yang and then people that come there to try to make actual good faith arguments about him and just get fucking demolished by people <laughs> ripping apart their very obvious uh, contradictions and, and and sure enough just like all of them are landlord defenders too so of course <laughs> apparently they're all just like yeah an extra thousand dollars I can just jack and rent up without any yeah. other kind of I mean Andrew Yang doesn't even think $15 minimum wage is feasible so you know but stay, you know, people on the left keep thinking that he's the fucking actual left candidate. Um, uh, nobody, nobody thinks that. Yeah, there's only yeah. there's only one person on the left running, and it's Bernie Sanders. Yep. All right. So um, I think that about does it for us this week. But, uh, you know, if you have been watching uh, HBO's Watchmen. Uh, and how you could you check not? Out, and how could you not? Because it's fucking great. Uh, go check out our podcast that we do on it called What's Left of the Watchmen, where we examine Watchmen from a uh, leftist perspective. Every is, that, is that a double entendre right there? That is a double entendre. And if you watch the show, you'll understand why. Uh, and then listen to our podcast. But uh, yeah, and that podcast has been doing Blowing incredible up. numbers. Yeah. Uh, way more than the main cast, even. I don't know where the fuck it's coming from, but I guess... You know, there's just a real appetite for further analysis of a show like that because there's a lot of interesting uh, ideas being played with and interesting mysteries yeah. being, you know, set up. So, well, go just, check just that a out. Little, just to tease a little bit, I've, I've, there's some Facebook groups where there's a lot of active conversation about the show, and people, there's some people that like really love the original comic and they love the character Rorschach. I get it right. Oh that time? my god, you did! Yeah, no, I, I go on a... <laughs> uh, And they're very frustrated because on this new show, there's this, this like violent white terrorist group who all wear the the Rorschach mask and have adopted his sort of ideology. And they're like, I don't, I don't like that. They don't like that. Um, uh, and in the comic, if you go back and look, like there's there's definitely like he has some really shitty sentiments about uh, women. Uh, and about poor people, but he's not out like people. actively doing violent things to those people. He's still vigilante, only going after bad people, right? But he had those views, and he, he like basically uh, <clears throat> sent this journal to this right wing newspaper, then published all of his shit. And now there's like this this right wing cult, right? And it's like that's what makes the show so good, is because that's how people actually get radicalized in real life. You have somebody say some fairly shitty, but not, you know, like that's just their personal views. It gets magnified by the media. And then all of a sudden here's this, you know, seventh cavalry white terrorist organization. And people in this group are kind of like, okay, now it makes sense to me. Now I kind of understand what you're talking about and why the show is, you know, made this jump and here's what's happened over time. So, uh, I, you know, props to HBO and Props to Damon uh, Lindelof for having the balls to really push the show or push the comic book into a show uh, that makes sense and feels like it's doing real justice to yeah. uh, what Alan Moore created and, and has now uh, put a hex on all of its fans for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was a real ballsy move in, in, in 2019 to make a show entirely focused on uh, white supremacy and on, you know, America's original sin of slavery. It was, it was pretty, uh, and they must pretty... have known it was going to piss a lot of people off by, <laughs> yeah. by doing this too. Um, Which is why it has 96% on Rotten Tomatoes with critics and 42% with an audience score. So, you know. Yeah. It's, it's getting bombed by fucking, uh, unwashed incels. <laughs> um, real quick though, you mentioned, I just want to really briefly read out this quote that somebody dug up uh, from an Alan Moore interview uh, speaking about Rorschach, because anyone who actually understands politics uh, would read Watchmen and be like, yeah, no, Rorschach's like a terrible fucking person. He's like a right wing libertarian, you know, lunatic, like he, like nobody should idolize him. But like, 
the people like who like like Zack Snyder, especially, you know, who made the Watchmen movie, uh, did a fairly faithful adaptation, but he didn't understand the fact that Rorschach is not supposed to be the hero of Watchmen. Um, so this is what Alan Moore actually has to say about Rorschach. So this is from the author himself. I wanted to make uh, Rorschach as like, this is what Batman would be in the real world. But I've forgotten that uh, actually a lot of comic fans uh, smelling, not having a girlfriend. These are actually kind of heroic. <laughs> so Rorschach became the most popular character in Watchmen. I made him to be a bad example, but I have people come up to me in the street saying, I am Rorschach. This is my story. And I'd be thinking, yeah, great. Can you just like keep away from me and uh, never come near me, anywhere near me again as long as I live? Uh, so <laughs> that's what Alan Moore thinks of Rorschach. Great fan service there from Alan Moore. <laughs> Uh, always a real one that's that's the great thing about making a nuanced character that has depth and has things that are testable and things that are also still somewhat admirable is that people will read it vastly different you know it it, like so it was it was announced this week that uh the the showrunners of game of thrones who did what we think is actually a, a great series and a great final season too uh people said they rushed through it even though they spent two years making the last season to go do this star wars trilogy that apparently was it just announced yesterday or the day before that uh they got like fired <laughs> from that project well they supposedly they left it but yeah who knows? Yeah, it was apparently actually... in, it was apparently announced back in may when all the backlash first really came out <clears throat> um and it was before their their two hundred fifty thousand dollar Netflix deal, so it sounds like it may have been with fifty million, not two hundred fifty thousand. Two hundred fifty million. Yeah, that's what I said. Anyway, you said two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, I would have been like, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a real a, downgrade from. Um, but yeah, people were just like, oh, the the uh, people were sort of like laughing that uh, I saw one good tweet. You know, uh, like even though I liked the the show, that was a fairly good tweet. Said. Um, you know uh, that uh, Amelia Clark did Game of Thrones and Star Wars, and D and D didn't either. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's kind of a good news. Or did that's the funny. you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like, funny. okay, if they did such a terrible job the whole time, why did you even like the show in the first place? Like, because it yeah. was the same guys the whole fucking time. It's not like they just swooped in for season six, seven, eight, right? Like, you know, and we covered this in our, our Game of Thrones podcast. We did. You know, we we talked about all the scenes that they wrote from scratch that aren't even in the books. That if we're not in the show, it would be a far far lesser show. Um, so anyway, if you like that and you want to go listen to that, we have those on our SoundCloud page too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, that does it for us this week. But uh, obviously, uh, best way you can support the show is rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That gets us heard more. Um, follow us and share the podcast out from SoundCloud soundcloud.com slash move left we are on facebook at facebook.com slash move left idiots uh we are on patreon if you want to support the show that way patreon.com slash move left uh if you want to pick up any merch from the show you can do that at tinyurl.com slash move left merch i am on twitter at move underscore left and i'm on twitter it's mud collector with an er as always not an or great we'll see you next week
There's insanity in the control room tonight.